We bring into the program Alan Judd. He's an investigative reporter for the Atlanta Journal-Constitution. And he, of course, broke and co-wrote the story about Jalen Carter being at the scene of this horrible accident that happened on January 15th where a Georgia player and a uh, recruiting director were killed. Uh, Alan is also on Twitter at Alan Judd with two Ds, the number 3000. Alan, thank you so much, and I uh, appreciate you jumping on the show with us tonight. Sure, thanks for having me. And, and by the way, I will apologize in advance because my mind has got 95,000 things I want to ask you, and I've got all my notes and highlights and everything. So if if I jump around a little bit from topic to topic, uh, I hope you will understand because I've got more questions than I'll be able to ask you in this in this interview. So um, I do appreciate okay. the time. But um, so – we know that Jalen Carter left the scene of the accident and was gone for about an hour and a half. So I guess the report is that you guys uncovered that Bryant Gant, who's the football team's director of player support and operations, was he the guy who reached out to Jalen Carter to bring him back? I mean, is that how this went down, that Carter left and Gant had to call him and bring him back to the scene for the police to uh, interview. Yeah, that's 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 what we we understand um, from what we've what we've seen some documents we've seen about the uh, what was happening at the scene. The uh, one of the supervising police officers who was uh, you know looking into the this accident uh, knew that a bunch of of Georgia football players had had gathered there, and he was curious how they knew um, that this had happened. And but you know apparently was suspicious that this involved racing, partly because of just the, the speed involved um, of the crash. So he um, he finally got the, some of the players to say that Jalen Carter had been the one who called and said this happened. Um, he he went over to Gant, who was on the scene, and asked him to bring to bring Jalen to back to the to the crash site so he could be questioned. So I guess one question is too. Why did the Athens police make this, in, in their statement that they released, make this sound like it was just a simple single-car accident because LaCroix was driving too fast? Why did they not say something like, hey, listen, we're still investigating, we're still gathering information? Why was that narrative put out from the very start? Well, that's a really good question, and we don't really have an answer to that, unfortunately. Um, that's, that's kind of what we've been asking ourselves because – from really the the beginning, they they said this this again as you say it was a single car accident, just a tragic thing that happened uh, because she was driving a little too fast. But then um, even within a within a minute or so of of when the crash happened, they were getting calls to nine one one saying there were other cars involved. There was another SUV that was stopped in the road, and somebody was out out of the car looking around, and he got in the car and left. Um, you know other other causes of that nature so it was clear from what they were hearing from witnesses who lived mostly from people who lived in those apartment complexes nearby that there were other people who had been uh possibly traveling in the same at the same time and you know roughly at the same rate of speed as the car that that ran off the road alan judd is an investigative reporter for the atlanta journal constitution he co-wrote the story about jalen carter being on scene 
for the January 15th accident that tragically ended in a couple of fatalities. He joins us here on the WadeFord.com hotline. Was Bryant Gant the only official representative from the University of Georgia? You mentioned about several players that were on site. Were there any, do we know if there was any coaches? Were there any, was there anybody else besides Bryant Gant who was on the scene as a representative for the University of Georgia? Not that we know of. Um, you know, we reported a couple weeks ago that um, Gant had been on the scene, that he actually had been the person who um, who called the chief of police in Athens in, in, the, in the middle of the night and notified him that UGA players and and a staff person were involved in this in this bad accident. Uh, the chief instructed his uh, subordinates to you know talk to Gant at the scene, allow him on the scene, and um, um, he 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 apparently goes to to a lot of scenes like this uh, or things of this nature with involving interaction between football players and the police, and does some sort of intercession or. You know, uh, he calls, I think he calls himself a liaison with law enforcement for the team. So one of the players that was involved in the accident um, that obviously, I, I guess, Warren McClendon made the initial 911 call. What was that? Was that what happened that he made the initial call? Well, actually, his phone, um, his iPhone automatically called 911 uh, from the impact of the crash. Um any iPhone or Apple Watch, for that matter, will do that. Uh, it, it calls in and gives the 911 operator a, um, a GIS location, latitude and longitude of where the the accident has been. Um, he did not actually make the call himself. The first call was from someone in another car. We don't know really who that was or what car they were in. Um, but then there were... Um, a number of other people who called who were residents of that of the particularly of the one complex that the car ended up um, striking. You mentioned in your article as well about there's a voice besides McClendon's that could be heard saying things, kind of yelling in the background. And and the quote that you had in the article, quote, what y'all driving that fast for? Do we have any idea who that other person was? Did that initially raise suspicion from the police? Or, you know, like, w- when you hear that, uh, I mean, obviously some red flags should probably immediately go up, but do we have any idea who the other person in the background that was yelling and talking? We don't know. Um, we we have reason to believe that it was another player um, there were a number of players who had been together in downtown Athens with um, with several uh, members of the recruiting staff. Um, uh, you know, that was the day of the big celebration for the championship where they had the parade and the ceremony in Sanford Stadium. And a group of them went out to uh, some bars in, in Athens uh, that evening and ended up at a place called Toppers, which is a, a strip club in downtown Athens, really near the the North Campus, um, and they left from there about 2.30. We've seen the surveillance video that the city has that shows them coming out, and then a few minutes later, the series of cars that belong to the, some of the players, uh, you know, you can see them driving away from downtown in, in the direction of this of this crash, which was about 
uh, maybe three miles away from downtown. Alan Judd is an investigative reporter for the Atlanta Journal-Constitution. He broke the story on Jalen Carter being at the scene of the January 15th crash and involved a recruiting uh, coordinator and a player that were killed on uh, in that uh, crash. He's joining us on the waitfor.com hotline. One of the other questions I had that, and I, I, maybe this is more for a lawyer, but, you know, Jalen Carter was charged with reckless driving. And, and you wrote in the article that he gave conflicting accounts of his story. Maybe he wasn't honest. Again, if he was at the scene, he left the scene of, you know, a fatality. Why was Jalen Carter not, I mean, let me put it like this. Why was he not charged with lying to the police or, or giving a false account? Or why were there no other charges besides just the reckless driving attached to him? Even if it wasn't his fault, he maybe gave false statements to the police. Why was he not charged with any of that? Um, that's another good question that the police haven't answered. Um, you know, I think they're keeping a lot of that kind of information to themselves until this is uh, adjudicated in the, you know, the court system. Um, they they did issue warrants for uh, reckless driving and for um, street racing, uh, which is a, a you know separate offense under under state law. Um, but but they did not uh, um, you know look at you said making false statements or 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 even any kind of culpability for the actual um, uh, crash itself and we're not quite sure why they chose to stay stick with the two um i, I won't say minor charges charges because they're not minor but but you know they, they are misdemeanors um and uh, uh, don't really totally reflect this the, the situation of what happened last question for you alan um so one of the other things um, about this is the um, – oh, gosh, and I just uh, – I, I lost my place here. But um, – um, oh, gosh. Uh, see, this is, uh, this is what happens when my brain gets, gets working uh, too fast and everything. Did, did you see the statement by uh, Jalen Carter that he released on Twitter today? Uh, I I'm, think I'm thinking obviously yeah. because you reported on it. but. He he mentioned in there that he would be cleared of any and all charges, and I thought that was interesting because obviously he's been lawyered up. I'm just curious, and and again, maybe a better question for a lawyer: Why would they allow him to say something like like Why would that be put out in a statement rather than just you know just something more vague in general than specifically saying? We're going to be clear. I'm going to be cleared of all these charges and and everything like that. It just seems like that that from a legal approach is just not the smartest thing to have done to say anything like that, because then you still open yourself up to all kinds of civil lawsuits in it. Yeah, it was a little little unexpected. Um, You know, he was scheduled this morning, uh, I think, at 1030 to appear at the podium um, at the NFL Combine up in Indianapolis. And that was canceled at the last minute um, shortly after the news broke that, that these warrants had been issued and after our story came out this morning. And um, then a few hours later, the statement appeared on Twitter. It, um, you know, we don't know whether that was done in, in coordination with his, with his agents or with the legal team or, or with anyone else, really. But um, it, it did take this approach of, um, you know, he's going to fight the charges, basically. I, I said last question, but I want to ask you one last quick thing. 
Um, we saw Devin Willock's family that um, they had, when this first happened, um, they weren't asking for toxicology reports and different things like that. We did see Chandler LaCroix was two and a half times, I believe, the legal limit, and Jalen Carter had even said that there was alcohol involved and things like that. Was that just a, a request by the family? Was Is there... Is there more reports going to come out about toxicology reports, or is that just focus in on the driver itself? Just on the driver, the the local coroner had that had that that uh, test done by the state crime lab, and and that's pretty much standard protocol for any kind of fatal accident that they will test the driver, especially if the driver is deceased, um, or if there's any potential for for the, for a driver to be charged. Um, but they only did the driver, so we we, we won't know anything about the uh, al- alcohol level, if any, of the other passengers in the car. Alan Judd is an investigative reporter for the Atlanta Journal-Constitution. You can follow him and follow along with all of his breaking news on his Twitter page, at Alan Judd with two Ds, the number 3000, Alan Judd 3000, and he joined us here on the WaitFor.com hotline. Alan, I really appreciate the time. Uh, we may have you back on just because I've still got some more questions that I wrote down. And, uh, you know, uh, obviously very good reporting, and we thank you so much for being on the show tonight. Sure. Thanks, John. I appreciate it.